Welcome to a brand new series here at Quacky Gems Podcast. I'm Gem Swallow. I took the idea to remove myself from Instagram because it was just getting to me and my life evolved. So I did the unthinkable. Yep, I deleted it. I then had an idea. I'd do a brand new series on my podcast, but with a twist. There are three rules. No health, no job talk, and no social media. Mm Mm-hmm, really. Just adventure and what I get up to. Let's see what this life really has to offer. This is Life Offline, the brand new series here at Quirky Gems Podcast. Let's do this. Do you think your friends have it better? Well, we're about to discuss this very thing here at Quirky Gems Podcast. After this from Gavin DeGraw. Hello and welcome to the eighth time of recording this episode now. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Nobody Has It All Together. I feel like I'm a game show host here, but hello and welcome. I am Gem and welcome to Cracky Gems Podcast. It is great to have you. Thank you for lending me your ears. And I hope that within the next hour or so, we'll try and keep this short. Within the next hour, I will give you much humour and food for thought because this is what I do here at Quirky Gems Podcast. We're going to be getting into a subject, we're going to be getting into a topic and um, we're going to be exploring this. It's something I come across and um, I've asked you guys and you guys have been, as you always are, amazing and have given me your opinions. So we've got shout outs coming and you know how much I love the shout outs but before we get stuck in, you were just listening to Gavin DeGraw. I'm trying to stop myself from laughing right now. It was Gavin DeGraw with I Don't Want to Be, which I think is very apt for this episode, I'll be honest with you, okay? It's one of my other half's favourite songs, and I figured, okay, we'll play that. It, It fits in with this episode. Bing, bash, bosh, you know, great. However... Okay, this episode started off that it was going to go well, to be honest. I thought, right, I've got the layout sorted. This is fab. You know, I've got everything I need. There are a few things against me, though. It's chillier. Get into that in the next episode, but I am not liking the chillier weather. It's like two, two, three, three weeks ago now. Two, three weeks ago now, we had a heat wave. We were enjoying that, okay? But you know like when you know it doesn't last long, being in the UK, you know it doesn't last long. We seem to spend more time in like colder months than we do in the sun, but you know, more on that in the next episode. Then, I was listening to this Gavin DeGraw song, (laughs) and I was recording, I don't want to be. Then I realised he was actually a better singer because it's his song, so I'll be a gem let him sing it you know i just figured that would that would be cool and then i had to close the door because it got too damn chilly in this place and then my mum called yeah so that took place and i thought i want to record this it has to be recorded so yes now we're on the ninth recording it's true so um yeah that was gavin de if you didn't catch that with i don't want to be and don't forget guys right here you could have your name shouted out and it could go something like this Woo, yeah 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 something like that that was terrible but we'll continue Woo, yeah we have a patron we have a patron of course it would happen but hasn't happened yet we remain hopeful. Yes, we do. If you would like to become a patron, there are a ton of tears. There are some really sparkly things happening over at my patron. It's true, and I'm adding to them all the time. 
So uh, I'm not going to give too much away because I think you should go and check it out. So it's patreon.com forward slash quirky gems podcast. And uh, you can find it on my website. I'll give you all those details at the end of the show. And um, yeah, if you're considering it, I thank him. you Okay, so nobody has it all together. Okay. This came to me after many conversations I have because... I have most of my conversations with a baby boomer. Now, yes, you did hear that right. Baby boomer. Yeah, it's not my accent. It, it literally is a real thing. I don't know if people of a certain age like being called that. A baby boomer is basically the first generation that was born after the Second World War took place here in the UK. They might be called different things wherever you may be. But here, where I'm from, Baby Boomer. I myself hate this title, but apparently I am a millennial. Yeah, a millennial. I can't help but get the image of the Millennium Dome when I mention that. Basically, I was born in the later 1980s. And um, yeah, so that's the title that somewhere, some person has made up and thought, we'll just slap this on. And apparently the generation that is around now, I believe, is Generation X. And any children that are born in this time, I believe, like this era now, would be Generation COVID, if I have that right. I mean, that name sucks, doesn't it? But apparently that's what we, we appear to have. I don't know what the older generations are. I think you had the war babies, if, you know, people were born in the Second World War. Other than that, I have no idea. But for the sake of this conversation and the sake of argument, I myself have most of my conversations with millennials, you know, or a baby boomer. Yes, mum, I'm talking about you. I know you listen. Yeah. If you are yourself a baby boomer, do you like the title? Let me know. But um, yeah, so I have most of my conversations with someone that was born in the 60s. I do. And it's a very interesting conversation because it brings about a different perception. Now, you can talk about all these different things. You can talk about life as we know it, about the future, and talk about the past. And what I find really interesting is that with it, I'm trying to stop myself from saying with every generation there is a chosen one. See, it's because I'm a millennial. Buffy was a massive part of my life, okay? If you're a millennial, you will know that. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar rocked as Buffy, okay? Just putting that out there. So, um, yeah. So, when I have conversations with my mum, I find it really interesting because she was raised in a different time. And because she was raised by a war baby which is really quite fascinating because as mentioned everyone has a different perception on life as we know it now it's strange because being a woman in the i guess you'd still call this the noughties really you know we're still in the 2000s i don't know if it kind of is mentioned after the early 2000s but we're still in the noughties really and so being a woman that was a that is a millennial and you know living in the 2000s i find it really interesting how different things that were acceptable or that were not set in stone but was really i guess expected don't really hold up now so to elaborate a little bit on that okay 
If you were a woman in growing up in the 1960s, okay, it seemed to be that your lifestyle was completely different. Remember back then they didn't have technology and I'll be honest, when I've heard stories about how my mum grew up and, you know, her lifestyle, it seemed to be a lot simpler, <laughs> which is weird because right now we're living in the age of technology. But it seemed to be a lot simpler. You knew kind of like what was expected. However, from my point of view as a woman in her 30s, I kind of feel like that box, did it really work for everybody? And it, it's if you put that on today, it doesn't. Allow me to elaborate. Okay, so you're a woman born in the 60s, okay? Now remember, completely different than it is now. No technology. And you. not many people actually went off to college. You know, you had a secondary school education and for a lot of it, it pretty much ended there. You didn't go off to sixth form, you didn't go off to college, and not a lot of people went off to university because back then, it wasn't really heard of, it was just too expensive. So the most, the majority of the culture, especially being here in the UK, most, you know, I was raised by my mum, she's lived in the UK all her life, and um, my heritage is basically British. So if your heritage is different, then, you know, that's fine. But for me, for my mum, Back in the 60s, you would finish secondary school, which wherever you guys are, you could be in Australia, other places, high school. And then after that, your education years would stop. So no sixth form, no college. There would be no other expansion or higher education. That would be it. After that, you were, you know, you were forced, you were expected to go into the world of work. If you went into the world of work, it was usually your your peers, your friendship group that maybe went out every now and again, enjoyed what we know as, you know, the nightlife, you went out clubbing, or as my mum would call them, to discotheques. And then I guess it was half expected that that was the only way that you were going to meet someone. It was the only way you were going to meet your future husband or your future wife. And, you know, I'm kind of coming at this because my mum is a straight female. So you would meet your future husband, your future wife, you would know, you know, you would, what they call, you would court, yes, court, I know, that makes me sound really British, doesn't it? But yeah, you would court, which we know is dating now, and then you would be expected to, after a small period of time, get engaged, get married, and then start having children. And the lifestyle was that, Back in the 1960s, maybe a little bit before then, uh, you know, late 1950s, maybe early 1960s, the families, and as well as the ones for the war babies, the families were really big. However, the families were really big, but the, the money and what you had to live on, the quality of life wasn't that great. You know, you had to watch every penny. Fast forward to now, and my life myself and the life of my siblings has been quite different but it's amazing how when you grow up because you're raised in a certain way your morals usually come from your parents your life expectancy you know what you inherit usually comes from your parents and the way you perceive life your values everything you want out of life there's a picture that usually comes from your parents it's kind of like you inherit you know you look at what your parents do and don't do and you look at how it affects you so if you were raised by like, you know, two parents, I was raised by one, but if you're raised by two parents 
and you notice that you know they led you felt happy you felt secure you you felt loved you felt everything that you know they give the perfect i say this with inverted commas you know the perfect childhood is supposed to have then i guess you would think okay i didn't get trauma from this because i'm a spirit you know nobody would know what trauma is if you hadn't experienced it so or you hadn't been described what it is so you would not feel anything negative in order to change it for if you yourself met someone or started to have children and you would find that that lifestyle that you were showed works for you for me i personally was shown a lifestyle because the only role model i had growing up was my mum and so a lot of what makes me me how i feel about money how i feel about relationships how i feel about work everything that makes me me comes from watching my mum go through different you know transitions into her life and that's where i feel there is a difference so my mum she started life to be honest my mum has always been quite laid back but there is she has a bite to her she's laid back if things are going fine but if something doesn't sit well she'll bite and that's something that i feel is a great strength for, for her it's, it's a strength that i admire but my mum started off her life where she you know when she left school i believe if i got this right she was unemployed because i believe this was if time says me well when margaret thatcher was in government there was a massive recession it affected the working class catastrophically over here in the uk and it lasted for a fair bit and then what happened was it slowly started to come back just slowly like most recessions do slowly started to come back so my mum was one of those people they hit the unemployment and then after a while you know she found a job and she started getting the wheels in motion to get life where she wanted it to go it was expected however that she was supposed to get engaged after a certain amount of time and then pop out kids if she didn't or if women her own age didn't do that if she's hit a certain age I don't know, age group, a certain age. It used to be back then when my mum and I have had conversations about this, is that when my mum was a teenager, it didn't bother her whatsoever. Literally, she was fine doing her own sweet thing, taking life at gradual pace. Nothing really bothered her. She was fine. It sounded like a great time in her life, to be honest. And then when she hit her 20s, that's when my mum was more aware of the pressures that females in that, in that year or in that, decade really she can feel the pressures of the outside world and also i guess the peer groups because usually when we feel pressures it's because our peers feel the pressure too so my mum got married i believe at the age of 26 26 yeah about 26 so really that's quite young and um when my mum got married, she felt pressured into getting married. When we had these conversations, you know, my mum actually felt pressured. She didn't feel ready and she felt like she wanted to take a little bit more time. So she kind of felt like she had to go through this. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. She got married after a certain amount of time. She had kids, but she found she really came into her own when she became a mother. And to be honest, as her child, I think my mum is a great mum. To be honest, I've never had any complaints. She is, I believe everyone should have a mum like my mum is. But I might be biased, that's just how I see it. So, 
when I look back at my mum's life, you know, because I came into my mum's life at, in her late 20s, and it's strange because I myself am in my 30s, and it's so strange how when I was younger, okay, so my education, it kind of went a little bit haywire because for me, I had health conditions. And so no one in my family history, which is really bizarre that it happened to me, there was no kind of instruction manual with this, but my family history was, you know, there was no one that you could relate to in a way that their education didn't go exactly the same. However, I was fortunate enough that I went through education I've gone through three colleges, one of them's been online, The one of them was a sixth form, another one was just a normal college, and I found love when I was in my teens, so slightly earlier than my mum, but for me, I found that what came out of the blue, I was unexpectedly ready for, but it's strange because there was no expectancy of me. No one thought, okay, so you've got to get married at this age. You've got to start having kids. It wasn't until now, when I'm in my 30s, that I see it more. What I find interesting is that now, from the baby boomer, i.e. my mum's generation, there was an expectancy that if you were married by the age of 40, there was something wrong with you. If you didn't have kids by the age of 40 and you were a female, there was something wrong with you. The men, not so much. I'll be honest, the men back then were more of, well, you know, it, they were kind of, it's strange, there's a saying here which I really cannot stand. I think it's such a negative saying. But there is a saying over here and it's called, um, it's usually related to children, that children should be seen and not heard. Really, you could apply that to the men of the 1960s because they were seen and not heard. If they wanted to, you know, they, could, they had it a way easier than females did at the time. Now, however, it's changed because there's still that little element of judgment there. And I find that really peculiar and fascinating because, okay, if you weren't, if you're now, if you're not married and, you know, at least have one child by the age of 40, there seems to be a little bit of pressure there, doesn't there? There seems to be like a bit of pressure of, why hasn't it happened yet? Where have you gone wrong here? That seems to be like literally, I think it's, it's kind of like an unspoken thing. People look at you in judgment, I guess, or they look at others in judgment. And it's strange to think that really from my point of view, like I said, you know, I fell in love with the guy that I've had the best relationship with and we've been together for nearly two decades. But when I look at other people I might know or I know of, there is still that element of judgment. There's still that element of judgment of, why haven't you got married yet? Why aren't you planning a family yet? And there are so many layers to this. Now, what I find really interesting is that <laughs> the judgment is something I think we've all been raised with. It is. It's something that we've all been raised with, but we might not be aware of. So, and I also think that guys, even in this generation, I think guys, maybe it's a different perception, but and the perspective, guys have it slightly easier than women. However, having said this, I do know if you are a young guy or you were a young guy in the noughties, I believe like really your parents would have been of the same generation. 
of you know baby boomers so for example if you were from the same generation it would be okay why aren't you going out to work yet you know bring some money in why isn't this happening yet come on quit quit mucking around quit messing around so there would have been a really high element of stress so for me most of what goes on in my mind the negative aspect of it is that I have taken that perception of you have to have your life together by a certain age I mean you for me my <laughs> the aspect of me has been trying to find a way to make my career work now what I find interesting is that in my life there has now been two recessions and that jiggles up a lot of stuff and where I am located it makes life harder so for me location whereas my mum where she used to live when she was I mean when my mum was my age we lived in a different place altogether there was literally less there than there is here and my mum was literally in a marriage but she was a single parent so you know my my family history is a bit oh it's a box of frogs but basically my mum when she had me she had already began her early 30s and she had had kids by then and she was trying to make it work but there was a lot of drama going on for me though I just find that I have found it difficult that if you have education in a certain area for example I don't know so you go to college and you study to be a musician or something you're usually studying to get to a place where you're gonna have that come out and you're gonna be a musician you're gonna be a trained musician you're gonna know everything there is to know about this specific job role job title or being self-employed right that's the whole point of your education but sometimes it doesn't work out that way so when you backtrack and you think well where does this fit and you look at other areas of your life and you think well that fits I'm happy with that I just can't make this one thing fit and for me that has been the one thing that I've always grappled with I don't know if I'll always grapple with it I don't know if it's a sign of the times we're living in I'm not sure but I find it fascinating that there's always been an air of judgment so my mum's generation it was okay if you are it seems like the age has literally always been the same age especially for females if you are 40 and you're not married yet why not what's wrong with you and it always seemed to be sat on the female it wasn't to do with maybe this woman dated a bunch of wrong men you know that maybe they were they were all the same type of men they weren't the kind of, that a woman was looking for it always sat with the women which I find really interesting because even now I know people that are dating again and they're in their 40s I know that you know I know people that don't have kids and they're speeding towards 40 and it doesn't bother them but I know some people that want more in their life and they're not happy so for me that's why I thought that I would look at this because I was raised around siblings and what I find fascinating as well is that where my life has been I have lived with chronic health conditions now it's not something I enjoy talking about but for this conversation I figured I'd open up a little bit so for me I don't like to be looked at as gems disabled gem has this gem has that no I'm not I think about it as if push comes to shove I'm just an individual that lives with health conditions and that's it that's how I see myself but for me with the judgment that comes from being a little bit limited in an area of your life 
you do look to your siblings or you do look to the wider world and you compare because you're living with something that does limit you. It could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be any, you know, it could be a mental health aspect, it could be a physical ailment. You're living with something that does limit you. And for me, I have noticed that I have compared myself to my siblings quite a lot. Now, what I find interesting is that for me, I am one of the older ones in my in my siblings. I am. And um, I'm a better looking one, if I'm being honest. I got <laughs> oh, my siblings are gonna kill me for this, but they know it to be true. However, when I've looked at how different our lives have been, because from my point of view, I kind of feel of think of it as a way of if I'd it's kind of like that age old thing, isn't it? If I'd known then what I know now, things would have been different. But I don't believe they would be. When you throw into the prospect of it social media, that also makes things really hairy. It makes things really quite negative, and it can make it toxic. Now, I found that. I, I'll be honest, I'm a people watcher. I don't mean this in a right, you know, a freaky way. I don't go around stalking people or spying on people, but I find people interesting and I find how people live interesting. I find how, you know, because for me, I am seeing life when I talk to my mum. She was born in the 60s and she sees things differently, but there are people that are within my generation, you know, born in the later 80s, they live different lives. And I wonder, you know, for me, one of the questions I asked on this, you know, when I talked about this very episode, and I asked you guys for shout outs, you know, I asked you guys what your thoughts were. One of the questions I wanted to know was, are you happy? I am. To be honest, I feel I've gotten out of life what I wanted to. I'm still a little bit trying to figure out some things, but that's okay, because that's what I think life is. I don't think you're supposed to have all the answers. I think that things, you know, there are puzzle pieces that fit in when they're supposed to. When you're ready for them to fit in, they will. So for me, I feel quite lucky in a way. I There are things that I kind of wish that going back, I didn't have to live with or I didn't have to experience, but I can't get rid of those. The only thing that I can do is look at them differently. But for the day-to-day life, I don't feel I am really missing out on very much. I kind of feel as though what I have, I feel lucky in having it. So, in you know, I feel happy. I feel like, you know, the person I'm sharing my life with couldn't ask for a better guy. And the people I'm sharing my life with, I'm happy to do so. But... I wanted to know if everyone feels happy and where people are in life, you know, do you have the same pressures? Because it makes me wonder if like who we're raised by, they must instill the same things in us that were instilled in them. So I ask you guys, do you have friends or siblings doing things in life you feel you should be? Now, the reason why I ask this is because I have had this when I've looked at my own siblings. There might be a few things that, and the changing case is <laughs> so crazy, is because when I watch my siblings do things and they've achieved things in life or they've done things that would really be qualified as milestones, you know, maybe they bought a piece of land, maybe they bought a car, maybe they've done all this stuff. But when I ask myself, is that what I wanted out of my life? Did I want to do that? 
The answer really is no. And that's what I find fascinating is because we're made to feel like if someone's having a milestone, we should be envious because we're not there yet. And that's what I feel it kind of comes down to, asking yourself, do you really want that? Or is it because we've been conditioned to feel we have to be jealous? You know, it's materialistic. It's kind of like, okay, you bought a house. Okay, why can't I afford a house? When's that going to happen for me? But you're not actually asking yourself, do you actually want a house? You know, your sibling or friend might buy a car. Okay, do I want a car? Can I afford a car? Does it fit into my life right now? Where would it take me? A friend or family member might have a baby. Or you might think, oh, okay, there's all this hype around a newborn baby. You know, I mean, you figured out your friends, be it whether it's female or male, you might have two friends that have got together. Okay, you know their reproductive systems work. That's great. I mean, how great for you. Really, that's amazing. You know, biology took place. Look at what it's produced. But... If you ask yourself a question, do you really want a baby? Or is it something that you think, well, you're pushing them out. I kind of feel like I should be. You know, is it something, do you have a need for it? Can it fit into your life? Or do you feel like society has made you feel like you should be having it? And this is what I find fascinating. So I ask you guys this question. Do you have friends or siblings doing things in life you feel you should? And there have been a few shout-outs, so thank you to everyone who got involved. So, um, Acid Kitty Creations. It's tricky because I'm battling depression, but other than that, I'm content with what I have. Thank you. Another one, um, Ilona on Instagram. Even with everything going on, yep, I'm happy. Okay, and she just closed down the word document. She's trying to make life easier, what can be said. And then it takes ages to come back on. <laughs> Betcha on Twitter. Not anymore. I'm working on being happy with a great big heart emoji. And last but in no means least, we have Andy Lloyd. And that is, okay, I'm starting to feel happier and less like a failure compared to my sister. You know, very good job, civil servant, lovely own house, a car, etc. I instead live at my mum's because of my ill health. However... I'm right on the cusp of all this, changing with knowing what I want. For example, copywriting. Been studying for it throughout lockdown, diplomas. I'm the closest I've ever been to being where I want to be in life. For example, job and then dating. Just need this blooming virus to go away as soon as possible and just need to be patient still. But it is hard. So that's thank you to everyone that got involved. It's just fascinating how I think that you get to a certain age and you look at what you have. And I think, especially living in this day and age, what I find really fascinating is that we're made to feel, especially, I mean, most of us are on social media. We're made to feel like we should have this glittering career and we, you know, made to feel as though we're supposed to have it all figured out and that we're supposed to do all these amazing things in life. But are you happy? Because that's the biggest thing, right? If you're not happy, it's quite easy to change, I think. But are you happy? Are you happy with what you have? Or if you're not, do you know what to do to change? It's an interesting one, right? And with that, I'm going to leave you with this song. Because I think this pretty much wraps up everything that has been said in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Coming up in the details... 
of where you can get involved in the next episode. We're going to be talking about clothes. Yeah, but it's probably not what you think. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. We're going to open it up. We're going to be talking a bit about body image as well. And uh, if you want to get involved, make sure to stay tuned. So um, here's Savage Garden <laughs> with affirmation. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast episode. I'm coming at you every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, remember, be you not them. Thank you so much for listening to Craggy Gems podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to find out more or you want to follow me on my social media, here's all you need to know. You can check out the website, thequackygem.wordpress.com and you can also find me on my social media, Twitter and on Instagram with at gemsquirky. New episodes drop every Thursday and don't forget you can also become a patron if you so wish. Patreon.com forward slash quirky gems podcast. Until next time, remember, be you, not them.